Just before I spin the crossing, I've got a mint in my mouth. Oh, here we go. Get rid of that. Put that aside for later. Mm-hmm. What mint was it? Just out of curiosity, was it a polo? No, I usually go for polos. It was a Trebor soft mint. Uh, hmm. If it was a polo, I probably could have kept it in my mouth. Probably got away with it, but they're a bit big. Yeah, the old Trebor soft mint. So. I I can't eat them anymore because I ate a load when I was a kid and made myself sick eating Trebor oh, soft mints. <laughs> Oh, I bet that was horrible coming back up. Yep. I was going <laughs> to do Carry a little, <laughs> little bit of business before we did the uh, span the wheel. Go but on. now we've done all that bit of business, it hardly seems worth keeping. Because <laughs> we might as well just kept that stuff in and then <laughs> do what I was going to do. Well, what were you going to do? Sorry. But it was just, I don't know much about it. It's just come up on my phone, an advert for the Morrison's meal deal. Yeah. It's now, there's been a price cut, George. Uh, main a drink and a snack for three pound. Isn't that like the sort of average price of a meal deal? Yeah, Tesco meal yeah, deal is three quid. Yeah, you're right. It is Sainsbury's. I think is three quid. Like Marx's is like three fifty nine or something. But like you know, yeah, something ludicrous. Tesco Sainsbury's are three quid. So they're not they're not doing you any favours there, are they, Morrison's? No. What are you playing at, Morrison's? What do you normally get when you have a meal deal? Um, so I normally get a, uh, from Tesco, I get a chicken pasta thing with some nice. chilli and tomatoes. And I get a bottle of Evian and a Kit Kat. Fair enough. Normally what I'll get is, I'll get a pasta as well, but I'll get the um, sun-dried tomato and feta Ooh. pasta. I rather like yeah. that one. And I'll probably get a double-decker mm. Uh, with some water, actually, I probably will yeah. get it with some water. Or they is do this. To, they do this vitamin. The... <laughs> the effects of the double decker. Yeah. Well, I've got no, I... and double decker. I'll have water. I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that. But sometimes I get a, a vitamin D drink, which I quite like. Mm. I had it once, and then I think I got addicted. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, should we spin the crass wheel of fortune? <laughs> Let's get the right, okay. let's get the wheel unveiled. Get the, get the curtain off it. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh, it's very impressive. Oh, it's all shiny and all like litted up and that. Mm-hmm. Right, grab the lever. Yep. Oh, oh, there, there you go. go. All there the subjects going around. Going Abba, around. Quink. <laughs> uh, blue passports. Well, yeah. Google cardboard. Google cardboard. Remember that? I do remember that. I should have said Google Glass. That's more obscure. We should have put that on the wheel, Paul. Well, sorry. We, we didn't have room for everything, George. No. Oh, I think it might land on Giles Brandreth, George. It's coming round. It's coming round. Ra- oh. It's coming round. Oh. Ra- oh. No, it's gone one over. It's gone to abroad. 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 Yeah. That's, a, that's pretty good, isn't it? Because last week it was England. Now it's abroad. It's almost it's like better than a... talking about England. Well, yeah, yeah obviously. But they're kind of linked. <laughs> so it's... Yeah. Thematic. You know... <laughs> <laughs> thematic link that we've got there. It's it knows something. Good of the crass it, wheel of crass misfortunes to spin. It, such it knows a way. what it's doing. It knows what it's doing. Yeah. Anyway, should we uh, <laughs> should we start the theme song? Well, I think as the subjects are broad, we should go with a slightly different theme song this oh, week. Oh, really? So <laughs> hit it. <laughs>
welcome to series three, episode four. What is it? Three, four, episode four, four of Crass. No, series four. Se- it's episode four. <laughs> Which one is it? Series four, episode three. Series four, episode three. Right. Fucking hell. We're recording this quite early in the morning, listeners. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's. Uh... Hello and welcome to series four, episode three of Crass. I'm George Walsh and I'm Paul Austin. George, as always. I like yep. to ask you uh, a question to kick off mm-hmm. the podcast. Uh, yes. It's Paul's question time. Paul's question time. Paul's question time. George. Yes. Paul's question time. What's your most embarrassing holiday anecdote? Oh God! Because you try and make sure it's from abroad. From abroad. <laughs> if it's a holiday in the UK, then it's not really. Doesn't really fit. With um, it. It's a, probably uh, the time when I destroyed an entire shop front when I was about <laughs> nine. Where was that? Uh, that was Zakynthos. Oh, Greece. Greece. Uh, oh, I think nice. it's a Greek island. Yeah. Uh, I'm never ever going back uh, there. Well, because uh, of what happened to the shop front. Yeah. To paraphrase Lindsay Buckingham. Yeah, it was. Do you know those rotating sort of stands with books on. I do, yeah, I know the ones. Well, I was bored, and I was just sort of spinning it round. And no Honestly, one had listeners. put the brakes on the casters, <laughs> and it rolled off the step and fell into a display of, like, buckets and spades <laughs> and stuff, oh, which dear. then fell domino effect, like, <laughs> into another display of stuff, yep. and another display, and then that final one sort of went out into the middle of the road. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so cars had to... Steer around it quite sharply. Oh God! And yeah, it was proper embarrassing. Wow, it's um, funny, isn't it, George? Last week you were complaining about that child gozzin. Yeah, and and, and well, actually, you were just as bad. I wasn't gozzing. Being a hooligan just because you were doing, bored, knocking on, all the I, stuff over, spinning it. I didn't do it on purpose. Oh, I'm a bored child, I'm just going to spin these books around randomly. Why don't you just pick up a book and oh, read? Well, you never ever span some books around as a kid or one of those displays. You never did that, did no, you? No, I didn't get to go to any Greek islands when I was a kid. Oh, well, there we go. There we go, then. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go on many uh, abroad. I've not been to many abroad holidays. I've been to Holland. I've been to Germany. Both of those times mm. I went to Centre Park, so it didn't really count. <laughs> Same everywhere. Might as well stay in the UK, fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, I've been to France. Obviously, everyone's been that? to France. It was great, yeah. It was a long time ago. I've been to France mm. twice. Yeah. First time, I can't really remember. I think we went camping somewhere. Mm. Uh, I was quite young. And the second time, we went to Paris, and we went to Disneyland Paris, as well as looking around Paris. Yeah. So, so yeah, How was, was Disneyland Paris? It was all right. I enjoyed it. I like a nice theme park. Um, yeah. It was good. It was pretty good. I mean, I don't know what you—I don't know how what your feelings would be on it. You'd probably quite like it, I think, secretly. You'd secretly. <laughs> you pretend. I don't, you wouldn't like all the. You'd be annoyed by all the people like dressed up as Donald Duck and Goofy in there. <laughs> That'd annoy you, I think. But but the actual, you know, probably. the rest of it, I think you'd be all right with. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Uh, where else have I been? That's it, I think. Oh, Greece as well. I went yeah, to. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> That's my most recent. I, I hadn't. I went to Greece last year to um, yeah. well, I stayed in Harnia, which is a little. And it was such town a nightmare. In... You blocked it out of your memory. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I loved it. 
<laughs> just forgot because it was so much so much more recent than any of those mm. other holidays that I mentioned. Yeah. Though all of those holidays took place before I even met you, George. I hadn't even met okay. you when those holidays happened. And it was that long a gap between that between you know, about eight years I'd say. Maybe not eight years, mm. maybe about like seven. Yeah. Between that time going abroad and the most recent one. So, you know, you should feel sorry for me, listeners. Yeah, but you can't remember the one that was more recent. Yeah, all right. That's okay. the weird part. I, know, I, know. I just forgot it momentarily, all right? It's not a podcast about memory. It's not a podcast about my own mental health issues. It's about being about abroad. Okay. okay. I was going to say it's a bit of a weird topic, actually, because it's not like the world. It's not like we can't it's, we can't talk about, like, oh, all the culture of the world and how it, yeah. what, what a wide place. It's just abroad. So it's the world... <laughs> From the viewpoint of being English. Yeah. Can't even escape that. So so you... We're back in the same quandary we had last week, is Pretty that what much. you're saying? We'll try and ignore that, listeners. Sorry. Uh, so, how have you been on holiday, George? Um, I've Abroad. been to a fair few places. Um, well um, in America, I've been to, to New York and Las Vegas. Uh, yeah. Las Vegas being absolutely dreadful. <laughs> um, the, the worst place in human history. What didn't it, you like about Las Vegas? Just the the whole general vibe of the place. It's just an incredibly false place. Ooh, like false. It's the sort of place where you can find like a fiberglass Eiffel Tower and like a hotel inspired by the legend of King Arthur. And yeah. All of that sort of stuff. That's where we stayed actually in the Excalibur <laughs> no, hotel. My God. And I was I was fourteen as well, so I was too young to gamble or do any of that stuff. And not that I wanted to, but it meant like you can't stand still in the casino. You ha- if you're under eighteen or twenty one, I can't remember which. Wow. You have to keep walking. You you can't loiter. Oh, so I right, couldn't do okay. anything. I had to just fucking Weird. walk around in circles the whole place because I couldn't loiter. And yeah, this little and boy like, walking around in a circle for three hours. Yeah. Yeah, and um, to be honest, most of it ended up just being a swimming pool holiday. Do you know what I mean? That was what Centre Which Parks is not was. My, that, it's not my thing, really. No. I prefer a, a city break, if I'm honest. Um, but, like, yeah, walking down the strip in Vegas, you're constantly being harassed by pimps, genuinely, <laughs> like, giving wow. out calling cards. How old were you again? And I'm 14, you do with my mum and my dad and my elder sister. <laughs> They're handing me... <laughs> You know, pornographic playing cards, essentially. They might have thought... You, they, well, I'm not going to say that. No. <laughs> oh, God. But it's just, it was just this horrible sleaze pit. I yep. hated it. And it was too hot, because it's in the middle of the desert, isn't it? That's the thing, um, isn't it? It's yeah, like the death of civilization. I think, Las Vegas. Going back to your point about the, the fakeness of it, I would say that that's mm. probably what a lot of people like about Las Vegas. A lot of people who really like Las Vegas have a fondness for it, probably like that kind of... They would call it kitsch, I suppose. They like yeah. that about it. I can kind mm. of understand that. It's not personally my sort of thing. I'd probably yeah. go to Las Vegas to have a flutter, because I, I mm. do like a bit of a gamble, listeners. It's one of my, one of my many faults. George will know after the many hours we've spent playing on the casino in Grand Theft Auto V. (laughs) (laughs) Not the real casino. (laughs) But I would like to go to... I've never been to a real casino, and I'd like to go to one. 
Yeah. Well, just make sure to, you know, bone upon Telly's tips for blackjack. <laughs> oh, of course. I wouldn't go. forget that. But, yeah, it was just a horrible place, I thought. Yeah. The old part of town was nicer, but okay, but not much. And, um, yeah, it, 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 was, it was kind of what, like, I know I'm going to set off the bond meter here, oh, so God, I've not got long. Go. But when you see it in Diamonds Are Forever and it looks a little bit past it, and that's 1971, but Vegas... All right. Sorry. How are you with that? Sorry. It, it looks a bit past it in 1971, and it's yeah. not really changed. But it's just a grisly, horrible, false place. Went to the Grand Canyon for the day. That was good. Was uh, it? Big old? But yeah. Yeah, it's big old, really. Big old. It's all right. It's a different right. different state, so that was nice. <laughs> but New York was good, yeah? New York was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I love New York. That's um, good. I've never been to America. Yeah. I sort of briefly been to Philadelphia as well. That was when we missed our connecting flying. We had to stay the night. So it's not really a trip to Philadelphia. But <laughs> You didn't but take in any of the sights of Philadelphia? No. no. <laughs> I think everyone was pretty much just fucked off at that point. Fucked off. Fucked off. Fucked off. Fucked off. Fucked off. Fucked off again. <clears throat> Sorry, George. <laughs> it's that mint repeating on me. <laughs> now weirdly um, maybe this is just me george because i've never left europe but yeah i don't really associate the word abroad with anywhere but going to like spain or france on like a little yeah. package holiday or something something mm. about that maybe it's because of the film carry on abroad yeah. but maybe <laughs> but that it, that feels what it's like to me saying abroad it means people from just over the water and actually yeah. America and Australia and Brazil and South America. I said Brazil weirdly. That's like a yeah. whole different thing to all the other places. It's not a continent, <laughs> Paul. Idiot. South America and <laughs> Africa and Asia. Mm. They're all like, they don't seem to fit with that idea of abroadness. They're too far away. Abroad is like yeah. people who are foreign, but like they're near foreign. They could almost get here. <laughs> they could swim if they wanted to. So we've got to stop them, those people from abroad. Do you know what I mean, George? I'm slightly worried this has turned into a UKIP party election <laughs> broadcast. <laughs> they swim here, you know. They all swim here. Like that. That's the problem um, with abroad. I get it's what a, you mean, though. It's got a kind of archaic feel to it that I associate yeah. with the 70s. Yeah, that sort of idea of people being slightly less adventurous. Yeah. Like, I'm, go- I'm going abroad this year where you're going <laughs> Spain. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It is yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, other places I've been in Europe just whilst we're on that subject. I've been to to Paris a couple of times, mm-hmm. um, which I love as well. I love Paris. It is good, Paris. Um, I've I've been to several places in Spain, but I I think it's more like islands, like Mediterranean islands and so on. Yeah, that seems to be no one. It, not a lot of people go to sort of mainland Spain, which I'd, I'd quite like to. I'd love to go yeah. to Barcelona, definitely, and Madrid, Seville. All the Spanish places. And I've been to Greece once or twice, I think. Like I said, Zakynthos was yep. yeah, particularly memorable. Um, yeah, the Canaries. Yep. Went to, to Lanzarote. Lanzarote. Mm-hmm. It was all right, actually. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. You like, it's, you're it's, liking it's, this, listeners. You're liking George just going through rock. his holiday destinations. <laughs> 
All right, so I'm not Judith Chalmers. The, what do you want On the want Twitter, from me? on the Twitter account, we will be hosting all of George's most recent holiday snaps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking well, won't. <laughs> Move on. Right, right I've told okay. you where I've been. Okay. What's next? <laughs> Well, <laughs> George, um, I've actually got another edition, a rare second edition of Paul's Question Time. What? Yep. It's never happened before, but it's a second uh, helping of Paul's Question Time in the middle of a podcast. Can you, wow. can you believe it, though? Could, could you, can you believe it? Um, well, yeah, I'm sure we're pretty desperate for stuff to talk yeah. about. Paul's question time. Paul's question time. George. Yes. Paul's question time. If you could uh, be from or live in any country on earth or city <laughs> apart from uh, anywhere in the UK, which would it be? <laughs> Right, okay. So should should I should I say that I asked you this last week and we cut yeah, it out? We cut it so it didn't happen. So I've okay. nicked it. It's mine so you now. Nicked it. <laughs> <laughs> um I I really loved Paris when I was there. I uh, think okay. I, I quite like that kind of lifestyle, you know, the the, the cafe culture and Yeah. Having a, a big city with lots of culture and um, like an underground system that I can mine for bits on crass every week and uh, croissant, Cronenberg. That's a good answer. Be good. I mean, I am saying this as somebody who isn't within France and doesn't know. True, you know, but what's you know that was happening politically you know, was or anything question. there. Yeah. Also, so you... Japan. So I'd yeah. love to. I'd love to visit Japan, but I weirdly enough feel like I could live there. Well, we've only taken one answer. We're taking one answer right here. I'm not having a double one. It's not Paul's double You're having a double time. one? You're oh. going to take a double answer? Or I'm not doing this. the rest of this podcast okay. with you? Okay. Right. Yeah. You're having Japan as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I, I can only take your first answer for the, the next part of the Paul's Question time. Uh, I'm gonna. You want to say France? Yeah, is your main answer. Why do I have to pick? Right, just fine, pick yeah, one. I'll go with. I'll go with France. Right, France. Well, let's find out, George, if you really could live there by taking <laughs> the France citizenship test. I've so this just is the sort said <laughs> I don't know anything about the sort of political stuff, <laughs> situations, whatever. Do a, te- do a quiz on the culture. There we go. <laughs> Look, come on. Just, it's going to be fun. Right. Right. You'll get asked these sort of questions, obviously, when you apply for French citizenship. Not necessarily these exact ones, but questions like this by the, you know, the fella doing the, the French fella doing the, the whole process for you. I'm not um, applying for French citizenship. Question one on the French citizenship test. What is France's national motto? Oh, shit. Um, I think I know this. Oh, just for, there's multiple choice and they're all written in French. Oh, fuck. Um, is, oh, you have to pronounce them. Great. <laughs> I'm not telling Shit. you my answer yet. Shit. Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, liberté, égalité, fraternité. 
libertant, égalitant, solidaritant, or libertant, égalitant, mediocritant. It's one of those, <laughs> is it, George? It's, Sorry. It's oh. the first. It's the top one for sure. Okay. Uh, liberté, égalité, fraternité. Correct. 88% got it right. Yeah. Of I course mean, it's it. liberté, égalité. Who is France's most famous playwright? Molière, Camus, Depardieu. <laughs> mm. Molière. Go, thinking of it. Molière. Molière. Correct. 85% got this right. It is, of course, not the larger-than-life actor, Jared Depardieu, but Molière, whose real name is actually Jean-Baptiste Poquelim. So... Do they just mean larger-than-life because he was because he's overweight? <laughs> or do they mean that he performs in a larger-than-life style? I don't know. Or maybe both, like Christopher Biggins. <laughs> he is kind of Francis Biggins, isn't he? <laughs> Gerard Depardieu. Well, you put it like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, how <laughs> many people in the world? <laughs> question three. Look, we've got 22 questions to get through, George. Oh, sake. How many people... I'll just do the first ten. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how many people in the world speak French? 200 million, 500 million, or 65 million? Now, like us, they uh, were a bit colonial, weren't they, France? Mm. To say the least. That's true. Um, it's not just us. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Miss, Miss, it wasn't just me. It was France as well. <laughs> I've got to write off 65 million. That's not okay. enough. What were the other two options? Oh, fuck me. It's like fucking millionaire, this. 200 well, million and 500 I'd million. I'd see the fucking options, wouldn't I? It's very early in the morning. I'm sorry. It's all right. I mean, it's, it's not. Right. It's not that early anymore. <laughs> no, it's, it's half eleven. <laughs> <laughs> How many people in the world speak French? Yes. 200 million? 500 million? Or 65 million, which you've eliminated? I'll go with 200 million. Correct. Yeah. 64% got this right. It's not just the population of France who speak French, obviously but mm. much of West Africa. And the yeah. number of French speakers is only set to grow in the future. In all, the language is spoken in 70 countries. Mm. There you go, a little bit of, of a fact for you. Who was the president of France from 1959 to 1969? Charles de Gaulle. Wow, he's got it. He's got it. I didn't even need to read out the answers. 69% got this right. France's World War II hero went on to become the president of France. Charles de Gaulle. Mm-hmm. Next question, you fucking thing. Why is it not? Give me the next fucking question. Thank you. Which period of the French Republic is France currently in? The first, the fifth, or the third? I haven't got a clue. Here we go. Um, first sign of weakness. <laughs> <laughs> this is Which when they stage of the of the French Republic. Which period of the French Republic is France currently in? First, fifth, third. I hope you're playing along at home. I'll go first. I don't know. I'm guessing it's it might be a trick question. No. Incorrect. Twenty-three percent got this wrong. It began in 1958. The actual answer is the fifth. Okay. Well ahead of what you said. Yeah. All right. Idiot. I told you I didn't know. In which region of France? Is Mont Saint Michel? <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> Occitanie, 
Brittany or Normandy? What, what, where? Occitanie, Brittany, no, no, where, or... where the place... In which region in France is Mont Saint-Michel? Occitanie, Occitanie, Brittany, or Normandy? Normandy. He's got it! Hey! Uh, I didn't think it was the first one you botched the pronunciation of, so... <laughs> Uh, Brittany does like to claim it as its own, um, although it is actually right on the border mm. of Normandy, so it's just in Normandy. Uh, who built the Palace of Versailles? I mean, this one's fucking easy. Yeah, easy. It, what, now I'm not going to get uh, it. Emmanuel Macron, Louis the Fourteenth, or Napoleon Bonaparte? I think that is Louis the Fourteenth. Went a bit Python then, didn't I? Correct. Mm. There you go. Ninety-four percent got this right. Mm. So. Obviously, he had help. <laughs> uh, what name... Well, actually, by what name is the French flag known by? Which is maybe a bit better worded, that question. Mm. Uh, le Bleu Blanc Rouge, Le Marseillaise, or Le Tracoleur? Le Tracoleur. There you go. To do an outrageous right. accent. <laughs> the flag dates back to the French Revolution. The basic explanation behind the colours is that white was to represent the monarchy... And red and blues were the colour of Paris. You're listening to the Crass Podcast. <laughs> what was the Bastille before it was destroyed? A palace, a nudist camp, or a prison? <laughs> a nudist camp. <laughs> what did you put that in? That's that, it has got a bit carry on abroad Is now. That, hasn't it? that can't be in the official citizenship test. <laughs> There. I don't know. I've taken a driving theory test, and some of the other answers are d- deliberately, oh, really? absolutely fucking okay. ludicrous. Well, maybe they yeah. do then. I think I can't remember now, but one of them it was something like: you see a car upturned, and the driver has clearly broken his neck. What do you do? Okay. And one of the options I'm sure was <laughs> drag him out of the car, prop him up against the tyres, and offer him a scotch. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, on a long, they're on that level of stupid. Okay, anyway, so. uh, what are you going Prison. for? He's got it. 91% got this right. These are a bit easy, aren't they? Seems like anyone could become a fucking citizen. See what um, Brexit was all about now. What is the name of the French national anthem? Non, je ne regrette rien. Le Marcelli or Frère Jacques? I mean, <laughs> fuck me. Come off it. Le Marseille. <laughs> I mean, what are they playing at? 96 got this right. Yeah, no fucking shit. Well, what's more concerning is that 4% got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, je ne regrette rien. No, je ne regrette rien. Yeah. Uh, how many administrative regions does mainland France now have? Oh, fucking no. 13, 18, 21. Here we go. We're into the hard questions now. 21. Incorrect. Uh, 60% got this wrong. France officially cut the number of regions from 22 down to 13 in January 2016. Right, we'll do one more question. Name the two chambers in France's parliament. L'Assemblée Nationale and Le Senat. Uh, L'Assemblée Nationale and Le Mairie. Or Le Senat and Le Préfecture. Sorry about uh, my accent, guys. Really I don't know. Doesn't I would say the first one. Correct. There we go. We'll leave it at that. 
these chambers could get smaller with the current plans to cut the number of elected députés, MPs, in the French Parliament. So there you go. George, you probably could live in France, you know. Yeah. Do a bit of boning up and you'd be, you'd be set. Yeah. Sorry, I'm really sorry to any French listeners we've got, if, if any, about my pronunciation there. I, I'm proper embarrassed. Next bit. Next bit. <laughs> we've not said next bit in a while. No, we haven't. It's nice to hear it again. Now, a strange glow in the sky, and nobody seems to know where it goes, and what does it mean? Oh, is it a dream? Bright eyes, burning like fire. Bright eyes, how can you close? And That's for something else, Paul. Sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Now it's time for our an, a slight twist on our semi-regular feature, oh, no. Subway Stories. <laughs> Oh no. Oh god, it's back. <laughs> Stand clear of the closing doors, please. I was in New York. <laughs> I was in New York. That sounds like the stuff. It does sound like the start of like a Woody Allen monologue. I was in New York, Jesus, like that. No, I was in New York, and I was on the subway. (laughs) Fucking hell, listeners! It's just—I'm sorry, but this is—I mean, we need to explain the context of this. What last season George created one of the worst feature we've ever done, probably, and that includes Paul eats some food and George has to have a guess. Uh, <laughs> it was called Tube Tales, and basically it was just George told a story from on the tube in London. Mm. On the surface, that's actually not a bad idea for a feature. Yeah. But but somehow, George managed to have no interesting stories <laughs> at all. And how many times do we do this feature? About like four times or something. I, None I, of them were any good. Yeah, yeah. your views, mate. I'm sure all the, all the Crass fans are out there. All the astronauts are going, oh, we love Tube Tales. Yeah, gone, I eh? mean, apart from that git who emailed in a couple of times, who's on your side, suddenly. He knows who he is. Um, yeah. Everyone else loved Tube Tales, so I don't know what your problem is, mate. Anyway, this isn't well, Tube Tales. This is Subway Stories. It's no, you're different. right. I was, no, you're right. It is a different feature. And New York is a, you know, it's a more vibrant city, yeah. some would say. So hopefully... Right, it is, yeah. This is, this is a, good, a good edition of Subway Stories. Yeah. Hit it, George. I was in New York, and I got on the yep. subway at 42nd Street Times Square, and I boarded the train, and it was reasonably... Sorry, my phone just went off. Oh, fucking it hell. Was... Shut up. It was reasonably busy. Professional. Shut the fuck up. It was reasonably <laughs> busy, uh, but I managed to get a seat, uh, the one free seat Good. in the whole carriage, and uh, I thought, why is that seat free? So I took it. And then I discovered why. The guy oh, sitting no. next to me was... I don't, I don't know what the correct term is, really, Paul, so oh, I won't God. say anything. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he started muttering to me and, like, laughing to himself. Right. So I couldn't understand, really, what he was saying. He was sort of kind of... <laughs> and then... It was like, <laughs> like that. And then right. he got out... Um, 
a passport, a US passport, and he get he handed it to me on the open page. So, right. Take that, take that. So I took it and he said, No one would know it was fake. <laughs> <laughs> like that. And snatched it back off me. And then You he, didn't get a good look at the passport then? I got a bit of a look at the passport. <laughs> how was how did it look? It looked legitimate. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Don't think the picture looked like the guy, but it looked like a real passport. <laughs> well, there you go. Anyway, he then leaned over and said, I'm going to take a left, then I'm going to go up through the air vent and escape that way. It'll be righteous! <laughs> like that. And then Brilliant. I just got off at the next stop. <laughs> got on the next train. <laughs> Subway stories there. Fair enough, George. I'll give you that one. That was all right. <laughs> that was righteous. Yeah, That's I'd, pretty I've good. never heard anyone say righteous in real life. Outside <laughs> of like Miami Vice. Yeah, I'd never heard anyone say righteous like that. But it was great. Love it. Brilliant. There you go. Good story, George. Well done. I think that Subway Stories is a far superior feature mm. to Tube Tales. Yeah, but... I'm saying that now. I'm sticking my neck out there. Yeah, but remember, remember the early Tube Tales, right? The Jimmy Carr story. Oh, yeah, they were bad, the, weren't um, they? Uh, fighting with Keith Allen over a ticket machine. Yeah. No, hang on. The Jimmy Carr story wasn't an official tube tale. No, but it is never a told tube that tale, as a tube tale. It? Well, I'll do it next week. I'll tell it as a tube tale. No, don't retell it next week. Then accept that it's a tube tale. All right, fine. It was the pilot of tube tales. <laughs> okay, all right. The broadcast pilot yeah. of tube tales. I mean, no, I did do tube tales in the same episode, I think, so... <laughs> You did. All right. Hey, but hey. yeah, that was Subway Stories. There you go. Look forward to a long string of those listeners <laughs> getting progressively worse. Sorry to all oh, the Tube Tales fans, but seriously, what are you playing at? It's not a good feature. Yeah. Get some taste. Yeah. 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 Could name loads of your features that really talk off. Well, should we have another one? Should we have one of my <laughs> features now? Should we, should, we go, should we just have one of my brilliant features that oh, is successful? God. What? It's time for. Paul's autobiography. Oh. It's been away for a while. Mm. But it's now back with a vengeance. Mm. Uh, so just let's just bounce right into it. You'll see where we're going as I start reading. I don't need any more setup than that. Activate. Don't know why I said activate. Are you doing the chapter? <laughs> yes, or I'm doing it, all right. <clears throat> Fuck me. Getting comfortable. Hang on, let me just get a drink first, George. Oh! oh. Dead air jingle. There is some dead air, some dead air, some dead air, some dead air. There is dead air, there is dead Paul Austin, Life Lessons from an Expert Chapter 4108, The Lonely Hearts Club Lads on Tour Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. What, were you, what were you saying about my features being awful? Let me read the fucking oh. chapter Hello party people, this is Captain Kim speaking. Welcome aboard Wenger Airways. After takeoff, we'll be pumping up the sound system because we're going to Ibiza. 
This is genuinely what the captain said minutes before we took off from Birmingham International Airport. I was utterly appalled. We were supposed to trust this woman to fly us across an ocean, and here she was giving the most informal and uninformative announcement I've ever heard. She couldn't even say Ibiza properly. How was she supposed to get us to a place she couldn't even pronounce? It was at this moment that I remembered that I was listening to my Now That's What I Call Ibiza playlist. The captain hadn't made an announcement yet. It was just the Venger boys. I leaned back in my standard class seat, shut my eyes, and waited eagerly for takeoff. The mood in Joytwitch had been pretty low. Uh, the mood. <laughs> <laughs> when isn't it? The mood in Joytwitch had been pretty low by all accounts. It was April 2019, and Crass was halfway through a long hiatus. Over the previous winter, myself and the Lonely Hearts Club had reconnected over our mutual hatred of Hacker, the CBBC dog. For more details, see chapters 64 to 99. And Ryan suggested that we all take a holiday together to relieve the boredom. There was talk of taking a canal boat up to the Lake District, but the logistics of that scrambled our brains, and Barry Adams suggested that we go on a lad's trip to Ibiza or Magaluf. In the end, we chose Ibiza because none of us actually knew where Magaluf was. I've just Googled it. Turns out it's one island over. Shrug. Ryan was pretty down on the idea and was pretty set on going to the Lake District. I put this down to his slightly unnerving passion for Beatrix Potter. There was no going back now, though. Barry Adams was insistent on going to Ibiza. I've never seen him so passionate about doing something than he was going to Ibiza. Finally, the day arrived. My mum waved us off. She even gave Barry Adams a rather familiar kiss and we set off for our jolly, lonely boys' hearts club outing. Cracks formed in our lads' holiday plan before we'd even left the country. Jimmy Gibbon had packed far too much. We filled three taxis with his luggage, and only one of them made it to the airport. The other two were involved in an 80-car pile-up on the M5, in which many people were killed, which cast a pretty morbid shadow over the first two days of our holiday. Thankfully, we managed to get over it, and I don't even think about it anymore. Even though the motorway disaster had been some help, the luggage we were left with was still much heavier than our allowance. We all wanted to keep as many of our belongings as possible, so we democratically decided to chuck all of Ryan's luggage into a passing bin truck while he was in the Starbucks lavvy. He wasn't exactly happy about this, but he's always been a shitter when it comes to teamwork. Finally, after literal hours, we made it onto the plane. This is where I started the chapter, so I won't won't bother going over it again. Needed to say, we were going to Ibiza! (laughs) At the Ibiza border control, several armed officers took us aside and started asking Barry Adams a load of questions. They spoke in thick Spanish accents, but I'd hate to offend anyone, so for the sake of the podcast, I'll be performing their dialogue in a Welsh accent. (laughs) What's your name, boy (laughs) Barry Adams. Barry Adams. Barry What was Barry's voice? Barry Adams. Barry Adams replied. Tidy. And I'm not being funny, right, but what's your age? Barry... <laughs> Barry shifted <Barry>. uncomfortably. <laughs> Barry shifted uncomfortably in his seat. He glanced at us, a look of deep shame in his eyes. Twenty-five, he said, though he sounded uncertain. The border patrol officer frowned. That's not what I got written on this here passport. Fifty-one, <laughs> oh, Barry muttered, practically under his breath. But we all heard it. The remaining Lonely Hearts Club members all gasped in unison. Sure, Barry looked 51. Sure, he still called Snickers marathon bars. Sure, he'd frequently talk about his heightened risk of prostate cancer. Sure, he referred to the Falklands War as if it was something that had happened in his lifetime. But we never for one moment doubted that he was 25. I mean, Christ, he was in my year nine art class. What was going on there? 
As I was reeling from this revelation, another Border Patrol officer entered the room, clutching Barry's suitcase. Before Barry could protest, the officer tipped the entire contents of his luggage onto the floor. It was bags and bags of crack. I was frankly amazed they'd missed this back in England, but then we had (laughs) departed from Birmingham. After eight hours in the airport, once it became clear that we were not involved in Barry's drug-smuggling antics, the Ibiza police finally allowed myself, Jimmy and Ryan to leave and enjoy our holiday. Barry Adams was carted off somewhere horrible. I don't really want to talk about it because it's supposed to be a comedy podcast, sorry. I expected the worst from our hotel. Well, wouldn't you if you were me? I mean, for fuck's sake, I'm like Victor Meldra or something, the amount of ridiculous adventures I've had. But it was actually all right. Sure, it didn't have any beds or anything, but you don't really expect them on that sort of holiday, do you? (laughs) Even strangerer, the holiday itself was going all right for once. The banter boys, as we renamed ourselves on the second night, were the talk of Ibiza. We were a legend, mainly because of Jimmy's party trick, which involved him doing a pitch-perfect impression of Clive Dunn. This went down surprisingly well in Ibiza, and it paid for our drinks most nights. The whole holiday was nothing like I expected. It was about a million times better. We spent most nights with our fellow holidaymakers, who, contrary to popular belief, weren't really into heavy drinking, hard drugs and casual sex. They were more interested in discussing the works of Richard Massingham and dissecting No Ill Feelings, John Cleese's episode of Doctor at Large, which, in many ways, served as a template for Faulty Towers. Not only that, but I'd also hit it off with a girl called Heidi Minogue, whose name sounded comically similar to the Australian soap actress-turned-pop star Kylie Minogue. I remember feeling completely in love with her and thinking that if I were to never see her smile again, I'd live a much darker life. Upon returning to England, I realised that she also had great big hecking baps. Oh yes, (laughs) things were going very well indeed. Then, on the final night, disaster. Jimmy Gibbon had gone to meet some of his new pals, the Corporal Jones Collective as they had dubbed themselves. I was fine with this, not being a great fan of Dad's army, but it was getting dark and there was no sign of Jimmy. Still, the next morning, nothing. Strangely, the taxi to the airport and the police car turned up at the same time. They explained that they'd found a body with a bayonet lodged right up its arse. Jimmy had taken his Clive Dunn impression to a new level that night, and although it cost him everything, I took small comfort in the fact that Jimmy Gibbon had died doing what he loved. We returned to England, and in no time at all, the Lonely Hearts Club stroke the banter boys fell apart. Barry Adams was, and still is, serving time at His Majesty's pleasure, so he can't come to most of the meetings. Ryan was so grief-stricken that he moved to Birmingham, which can't be good for anyone. And Jimmy was dead, obviously, so his involvement was practically naught. (laughs) To be honest, I was left largely unaffected by Jimmy's death, although the extra three days we had to spend in Ibiza almost ruined the holiday for me. I corresponded with Heidi Minogue for a while, but something had changed between us. The final straw came when she listened to an episode of Crass and my inability to stand up to George when it came to wizard opinions led her to sever all contact with me. Typical. Never even got a glimpse of her chamber of secrets. <laughs> Footnote, by which I mean her arsehole. <laughs> Jimmy's funeral was held in his back garden and was officiated... Do you officiate a funeral? By his mum, Holly Willoughby. As Philip Schofield lit the funeral pyre, everyone began to sing in unison. I've been sitting here all day thinking <laughs> Same old thing ten years away Thinking Now my days are gone Memories linger on Thoughts of when I was a boy Penny on the street A bit of a tragic story, but I thought, you know, 
it needed to be told. And it was about Ibiza for a little bit of it, and so it sort of fit. Yeah. That's interesting. You never mentioned your visit to Ibiza when we were talking about places we've been on holiday. Well, you know my you know my memory. Well, anyway, that's it, uh, listeners. Yep. Um, uh, you can find us on Twitter, uh, at The Crass Podcast. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, at uh, Bumbledoon. That's Bumble, D-O-O-N. George, you want to give out the email address? Yes, the email address is crasspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find me on Byte, at Jorge Walsh. Anyway, see you, listeners. Enjoy your holidays this year. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that's it. Crass on that's, abroad. That's our end of it. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, that'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> to our See listeners. What my husband is trying to say is that we think that this is the most appalling hotel in which we have ever stayed. Here, here. Oh, no, don't be like that. <laughs>